For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Uncommon Drive Podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozy. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. Thank you for joining us once again on the Uncommon Drive Podcast. Uh, you can reach out to us at any time at UncommonDrivePodcast at gmail.com. My name is Chad Ozy. I work as a college basketball and baseball official as well as doing a little assigning in both sports. And I am joined by Jeff Cross, NCAA Division I women's basketball official and a current and future college mm. baseball umpire. <laughs> and uh, we are having a ton of fun talking about the things that make us uncommon in our pursuit of success, uh, about how it uh, relates to the way we live life, to the legacy that we live to mm. other people, and the way that we lead those around us. How are you doing today, Jeff? I'm good. I'm back from vacation. I'm back on the shelf now. I actually got internet service, so I'm <laughs> I'm ready to do this. <laughs> it was funny. Some of you have gotten a real kick out of our uh, vacation episodes. I've, I've heard about as much um, response back to our vacation episodes as almost anything that we've done. I know, right? <laughs> and I think that just probably is because we're all ready for vacation. So mm. it kind of strikes a chord with everybody, right? And, we're living uh, vicariously through us. Right? That's right. And the first question <laughs> that I heard from somebody is how is Jeff going to be able to post a TikTok if he doesn't have Wi-Fi where he's at? <laughs> right. I'm like, oh, they know Jeff. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, that's great right. stuff. Yeah, we uh, we've been doing lots of things since we last got together. We appreciate you as listeners giving us that little uh, 10, 12 day break mm, nice. uh, as we were uh, away doing other things. But we have not been uh, totally uh, ignoring the podcast. We have been uh, watching what you've been doing as you've been downloading and listening and sending in questions. And we've also been working on things that uh, we're going to be sharing with you over the next weeks and months. And uh, in fact, that's one thing we were doing right before we started recording today is uh, sketching out some things that are going to be happening here in the future. And so they need to understand, listen, if you guys could just see us, we're like brainstorming. Chad's like scratching everything down, writing it all down, doing, I mean, just so diligent. And I'm over here playing with the baseball. <laughs> you know, I, we're just, we're the same but opposite. But, you know, Chad's so great at at just making sure that we are in line for what we're about to uh, uh, do. And if, if you guys are liking what you are hearing, I want to be very, very clear. It's because Chad is putting forth 
uh, some serious extra effort into making sure it goes out on time and making sure that we cover great stuff. So I appreciate it, but it's because of things that we've heard for people from people uh, that make it easy to, to want to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, It was great. Uh, A lot of, you know, that while we were, on this little hiatus, um, we both had a, a vacation in there, and we talked about that, things that we were planning on doing. Uh, quick recap, we both had a blast. Mm-hmm. That's that's all you need to know. We had a great time. And then um, I also had a baseball camp that I was a clinician at, an evaluator at, and I had a basketball camp that mm-hmm. I was a camper at. So I got to see both sides of the uh, of the camp equation. And the really neat, gratifying thing to me was that at both of those events, I had several people come up and say, hey, you know, we, we really appreciate getting to listen to the podcast. Or there were some people say, you know, hey, I've been away from basketball for a little while, so I've not been listening. But I see there's been a bunch of episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, I've not been on the road driving to games. So now I know when the season starts, I'm going to have Lots of stuff to listen to as we get going. And I I thought that was great that they were reminding us that that this is something that's important to them. Mm -hmm. And so with that, um, we've had lots of people uh, give us some feedback about things that they like. And one of the things that they specifically talked about was, was some of the quotes that we brought up. And quotes in how it relates to officials uh, and other teachers or leaders that have made an impact on us and what we do as officials. And so we're going to talk through a few of those today. Uh, It's kind of fun for us because we get to talk back and forth a little bit about it when it happens. But uh, if it's something that stuck out to us, uh, then maybe it's something that will stick out to you as you listen to this and as you prepare uh, for whatever uh, summer baseball season you may have left uh, as you're uh, gearing up for any uh, camps or things that you've got coming up in the fall. And then all of us, as we hit the 22-23 NCAA uh, academic and athletic year. So Jeff, I'm going to dig straight into these. And uh, and I want to start uh, with one that that actually came from me, all right, at this camp that I was at. One of the things that I find is so interesting is how maybe we hear the same thing from four different people. Hmm. But one of them says it in a way that clicks. Mm -hmm. And they all basically said the same thing. And it was really funny. I was standing next to Angie Inland uh, that has been a a guest on our podcast before. A lot of you know Angie. She asked how one of my games went at the particular camp. And I mentioned how uh, Mike, one of the clinicians, had said something to me in a way that's just like, oh my gosh, it was like the heavens opened <laughs> and God himself was, you know, speaking, you know, to me in a way that I could understand. I'm like, he didn't say anything different. He just said it differently. And this is what Angie said to me. And I love it. She said, so all I had to do was make it stupid simple for you. Yeah. Right. And I looked at her and I said, yeah, mm-hmm. like that was it. And and I, I've thought about this. You know, sometimes we just try to th- make things more complicated than they need to be. Or we try to use language you don't need to do. You know, ha- have you had any experiences like that? Whether it's, you know, uh, somebody saying the same thing in a different way or people just dis- distilling something down to just kind of the, the, the basic simpleness of it. And, and how does that affect you as, as you're learning new things or trying new things? Yeah, I don't know if I've ever had someone... Uh say you know that phrase let's you know make it stupid simple but it it definitely strikes a chord with me where i can like i'm like yeah i wish someone could just give me the abcs Mm -hmm. um and it's 
we probably do that more in 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 personal things. Like if we're teaching a kid how to walk, we're like, it's okay, just come to me. That's it, right? Mm-hmm. We don't tell them, okay, you have to put the left foot forward and the right foot forward and you got to keep your balance and you got to put your arms out. We don't do any of that. We just say, come to me. And they make we make it stupid simple, mm-hmm. but instead, when it comes to officiating or other aspects in our life or our professional careers, um, we try to we we try to make this list of A through Z in order for us to accomplish it. When really, just make it stupid simple. And what's that? Um, I need you to profit ten thousand dollars next month. Mm-hmm. That's it. I, I don't you don't need to do anything else. So, um, I wish I had some sort of really profound story, but I can tell you. That we are, we, I'm speaking me, you, everyone in general, are very good at trying to make things way more complicated than they need to be. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree with that. And it was really helpful to me. And since we're on uh, something that Angie said, uh, there was something that, that you said to me that, that you heard from Angie that I thought would be really interesting. You said uh, there was a, an interaction that, that you two had. Why don't you, why don't you share that with yeah. us? Well, first of all, Angie is one of the best, just so we know. I mean, mm-hmm. if you don't know Angie Enlin, you probably need to Google search her and, and find a way to connect with her because um, she has an amazing ability to make things stupid simple for everyone and um, get the best out of a lot of people. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me. But, yeah, we were in a game. It was, it was probably early in my career, um, and it was some ruling. It was a rule scenario, not a necessary judgment. And I spent – easily the whole media timeout trying to convince her that the way I understand the rule to be correct. And she understood the rule to be differently. And I'm like, nope. And I'm doing all these things, all these things. And I finally, just about, you know, we had the final buzzer or the warning horn for the media timeout. And she's getting ready to go back to the ball. And I, and I just tell her, I said, I'm a thousand percent sure on this. She goes, what's all you needed to say again? I just needed to make it stupid simple. Mm-hmm. That's all I needed to do. Sometimes in those game situations, you know, I was trying to get her to understand why the rule is this way when we didn't need to be educating there. We just need to let's get the rule right. Mm-hmm. And that's what um, that's what we ultimately end up doing. And then we could take that education into the locker room and we can break down this rule scenario and this rule um, application. In that time, when we're less stressed with you know people yelling and screaming and you know horns going off, so um, but again, it's the same thing. I said I'm a thousand percent sure. She goes, "That's all you need to say." Mm-hmm. Just made it stupid simple. Yeah, and you know that carries over to so many things. I was uh, my my wife and kids and I have been house hunting. Mm. Uh, which is one of the worst experiences on the planet, just so y'all know. Mm-hmm. I am, I'm not pleased doing this. And uh, we were looking at a house yesterday, and I looked up, and there were security cameras going. And I've heard a lot of people like to watch the people that are going through their house and hear the things they're saying and all that kind of stuff. And I immediately saw it, and, and I leaned over to my to my daughter and my son who are, you know, both 19 and 20 and they are, they would be horrible poker players, like horrible <laughs> poker players. Like they show everything on their face, whatever and all. And so I just leaned over and I said, don't say anything super positive or super negative until we get in the car. I just said it direct. It wasn't mean. It wasn't anything just. And then the last thing I said was, 
trust me. Mm. Okay. And they go, and it's kind of like that whole, I'm a thousand percent sure. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have time to go into why this is right mm-hmm. now. I don't have time to give you all the stuff, mm-hmm. but in this moment, I need you to trust you. And you're not going to say you're a thousand percent sure if you're not a thousand percent sure. Right. Yeah. If you're only 99% sure, you're not saying you're a hundred, yep. you yeah. know? And so when you have that kind of, of trust in yourself, then sometimes the easiest way to convey it to somebody else is I just need you to trust me right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I forget what book I read. I think it was, um, um, verbal judo book, uh, the gentle art of persuasion. I believe they said, you know, one of the worst phrases you could say is trust me, mm. even though that's what you want, because it tends to, you know what I mean? Trust you, you know, why that is just, it, it just draws a, once you want to question that, what do you mean? Trust you. Mm-hmm. If, if I was to trust you, then just tell me what you want. You shouldn't have to say those words. Trust me. So I, I'm not saying that was wrong, but sure. you know, I get what, cause you're just trying to get this point across real quickly, real swiftly. And sometimes you just have to say, you know, trust me on this one. But, um, I would say, I would like to rephrase that, you know, Hey, listen, don't say any positive. Don't say anything negative. Until we get to the car, I'll explain to you later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same you know, idea. Yep. Yeah, so it's the same idea, and maybe doesn't draw because if I tell a coach, if we're speaking basketball, if I tell sure. a coach, hey, trust me on this one. Well, baloney, I'm not trusting you, man. If I trusted you, I wouldn't be arguing the call. Yeah. So. And there's a difference between talking to somebody on your team, sure, that's already on your side, mm-hmm. versus somebody that that's you could right. be in adversarial conversation that, with. That's exactly right. Yep. When yeah, you're talking to family members, you're talking to someone who wants the best for you already, and you say, "Trust me," it's probably a little bit easier to accept. Yeah. Our buddy, our you know, Corky, he used mm-hmm. to say that all the time. Trust me, trust me, trust me. I'm like, man, I don't I'm tired of trusting you, man. <laughs> Give me some reasons why. No, I will no, trust him if it's a restaurant recommendation. Yeah, for sure. Because he'll knock that out of the park he every will. time. That's, That's right. good stuff. Uh there's something um that uh, that our mutual friend Todd Moistner mm-hmm. said to you, and I've really appreciated some of the things that he said, and you shared this with me. He said that uh, he said that you always want to bring something that no one else is bringing. Um, yep. What did, what did that mean to you? Well, I, it was early again, early in my career, and we were working together, you know, someplace. And Todd and I weren't even really friends then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were work acquaintances, sure. and uh, you know, he was just. You know, sometimes you can just read someone and go, Man, "This person's probably out for the best mm-hmm. for everyone involved." And I felt that way when I was talking to him, and. Um, when we were talking about just the elevation of our game and, you know, how do we get more games and how does our career go forward and continue to elevate? And he just said, you know, we always want to try and bring something else to the game that no one else is bringing. And at that point he was talking about clock awareness mm-hmm. and shot clocks and, and game clock scenarios. Um, and it just really hit home with me because isn't that, isn't that the truth? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if I go to, if I go to punch in at work, and I bring something into work that no one else is bringing on a daily basis, they're going to want me mm-hmm. as long as it's good. Sure. If you're bringing in the negative that no one else is bringing or that everyone else is bringing, or maybe maybe it's a positive environment and you're bringing in the negative, they're going to say, we don't want this. But that is, we know that isn't how work environments are. If I have 20 people in, a, in, a, in an office, there's a good chance 19 of them are going to be negative. Yeah. And if you're the one bringing positive in there every day, 
they're probably not even worried about your work performance. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, we want you in this, in this office and in this scenario. So I think when he said that, I'm like, man, that's really, really good. And it doesn't just entail rules knowledge or clock management. It entails, you know, person interpersonal skills mm-hmm. with your crewmates, players, and coaches. Yeah, and you know, I also think that that's something that changes over time. Not in my officiating career, but in my in my work life. Mm-hmm. One of the things that was true very early in my career is that I was doing things at a younger age than most people were doing them. What do you mean? So I was getting positions. I was getting elected to different things and stuff at an age that was 10 to 15 years younger than most people that had those opportunities. And that was something that I brought to the table other people didn't bring. Mm -hmm. My youth, my, you know, everything that came with that. That was that was super unusual. Mm-hmm. Well, now I don't bring that to the table. Yeah, you know, now I'm I'm older than the ones that can bring that to the table. So if that was the only thing that I had hung my hat on, it would continue. You know, when we think about that in the officiating world, right? There there was a time within college baseball umpires that maybe the thing that somebody brought to the table was the fact that they came out of pro ball. Because mm-hmm. there was a time when there weren't a lot of people coming out of pro ball and going into college baseball. Well, guess what? There are a ton of guys coming out of pro ball now and going into college baseball yeah. who are really, really good. So if that's where you were 15 years ago and that's the thing you're still trying to hang your hat on, it's probably passed you by. Mm-hmm. If your peak athletic fitness is the thing that you've brought to the table that maybe somebody else couldn't bring. Well, guess what? That may not always be the thing. You you may turn an ankle. You may, you know, develop a, you know, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden you don't bring that same thing. So we always have to be developing new ways to bring something to the table that, that somebody else didn't bring. You know, and it's funny. We were just talking off air about how I'm struggling to try and find something new to attach myself with for the next couple months as I prepare, you know, for October. Mm-hmm. And, uh the beginning of the basketball season and I'm like doing all this research and, I, and three months ago, everything, you know, the book staying neutral and it takes what it takes. And I still very much follow that, but I want to continue to educate myself and be able to bring something else to the table that no one else is bringing. And the only way I can do that is I got to have, I got to do some research. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably a mistake that we all, we all hang our hat on is, is, Oh, I'm really good at rules knowledge. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not going to continue on for the next 30 years. You still may be really good at rules knowledge, but people are going to catch up to you. So what else are you going to bring to the table? Mm-hmm. And that's where it takes some self-discipline into research and to find out what's what does our game need right now? What does our, our business team need right now? Man, we really need neutral thinking in our team. So let's let's work on that or, you know, whatever the scenario is. So... That's where we make that mistake. We like find out that we're really good at rules knowledge, and then we just stay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I like that a lot. Now, Jeff has something that's super important to him, and I learned it from him really early on. From the moment I took my very first trip with him to a basketball game at Western Illinois University, um, Jeff always wants to be the first one at the arena. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, who did you learn that from and, and why is that important? Yeah, Brian Interline taught me that early on. You know, get there early. You know, get there before. 
And for those of you that don't know who Brian Innerline is, I mean, this is a Final Four official who's worked the WNBA. Yeah. He's done all sorts of things. I he's mean, also he's, an assigner. Yes. Yeah, you know, he's, yep. he's given out games now too. So definitely a staple in the women's basketball officiating community. Matter of fact, his whole family's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, his, his son's in it. His wife's in it. His brother was in it. Um, his actually other brother is in it. So yep. yeah, there's a lot of Innerlines out there and he's mm-hmm. just one of them. But I remember asking him, I had a game maybe in Chicago, and then then my next game was in Milwaukee. And I asked him, I said, "What would you do?" You know, Chicago, I'm, I'm I can be home in ninety minutes. You know, Milwaukee, I can drive back the next day and be there in two hours. He said, "I'd get as close to that arena as possible tonight, and I'd be as close as I could because that way there was going to be no question of whether or not you were going to make it. So that took the pressure off you as an as a, an official, took the pressure off the coordinator whether or not you're going to make it. It took the pressure off you know." two other partners and he's already there. So he said, get as close to that arena arena as possible as soon as you can. And I took that to heart, you know, Mm -hmm. so I just find myself doing that to an extent to where I I find instead of being in the, the arena 90 minutes prior, now it's more like I'm at the arena two hours prior in the town, three hours prior. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, now we all know that that can't be done. Uh, for you know a juco game or a division three game because we're all working and we're all we all have other things going on but if you're sitting at home in a recliner waiting to leave then just leave mm-hmm. don't just sit there and go okay i'm gonna leave at 2 30 because it takes me an hour to get there and i don't have to be in the locker room till 3 30. don't do that mm-hmm. <laughs> get up go get there then you can sit and relax when you get there and this is something that we've talked about before but i think it's so important for us to to look at this because uh, like you said, not not everybody can do this. Not nope. everybody yeah. is a is a full time official. And okay, well, yeah, I'm in Chicago today, and I'm in Milwaukee tomorrow, so I'll just go grab a hotel at the mm-hmm. downtown Marriott. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's only a you know a small percentage of my game check. Yeah, you know, right. you know, I I go do that for some of mine, and I'm going to spend more on the hotel than I'm going to make on the game. Like you I know, lost money this week. <laughs> that's right. But there are things that we can do to help us have that mentality. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've got a game in Milwaukee tomorrow, and I I could take a half day or I, I could squeak to the end of the day and probably get there in time. Mm-hmm. Well, I probably need to take the half day and I probably need to get up there. As soon as that half day at work is done, I'm going to have already have the bag packed up. I'm not going to go home. I'm mm-hmm. going to have done all that before I get in the car. And now I can go because I can get up there and go. For those of us that have the ability to work remotely, mm-hmm. Why not go first thing in the morning and then set up and work remotely in the town where you're working that day? Mm -hmm. Because now everything's so much more flexible and my assigner knows that I'm there and we're in good shape. There's even another step to that. So what you don't want to take a half a day. You know, I don't know everybody's work scenario, Mm -hmm. but what's wrong with skipping lunch and taking off at 3.30 instead of 4.30? I don't know if your work will let you do that. But we're, you know, we get it. Oh, I, well, lunch is from noon to one. I got to take a lunch. I got to eat. Well, you don't probably have to eat. Mm-hmm. And if you do have to eat, pick up a sandwich when you get off actual work at three thirty, and you can eat that sandwich while you're on your way to your to your destination. So there's all kinds of, you know, I think ways to to be a little bit better in that. Unfortunately, we just get very uh, satisfied with showing up in the nick of time. But the other piece to that that I think is really important is 
be be the first one there. That doesn't just mean physically. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. When you get there, be be there mentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be be ready to go. So mm-hmm. if there's other stuff that you've got to check out of, do that as you drive. Mm-hmm. Don't carry that into the locker room. We all know what it's like when we've gone to a locker room and there's somebody that's really struggling that day. And you've got to spend 45 minutes helping them get their head turned around before they hit the floor. Now, there are extreme circumstances where, guess what? That's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, you, the, they found out on the way there that their teenage child was in a car accident. And everything's okay, but their head's not there. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, like we've, we've, those are unforeseen circumstances that people can't get out of. And that's where if I haven't, checked my stuff at the door before I got there. Now I'm not in a place to help them. Mm-hmm. I'm not in a place for our crew to be as successful as possible. But if we can be checked in mentally mm-hmm. at the same time that we check in physically, yeah. and you know, I don't have to have 30 minutes to decompress before now we can talk basketball or baseball or whatever sport it is that we're working that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, back when I was going to the school every day, you know, I, I'm an early riser. So I get up early do the things I need to do for home. Well, school don't start till 8.30, so I could probably show up at 8.25 and be okay. But instead, I was there at 6.30. You know, I'm one of the first ones there. And if anything, it shows when the people show come in behind them, behind me, they go, man, what was he doing here so early? You know, Cross is working. Even though I may not be working as hard as I would be working at 10 o'clock when I'm fully awake and ready, mm-hmm. but I'm here and I'm, 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 I'm available, as you say, right? I'm available for maybe a teenage kid who's coming in and say, coach, I'm really struggling in math. You got a few minutes to talk it over with me. Mm-hmm. I'm here for all of that. And there's no way you're going to be able to help in those situations. If you come hook sliding in at eight 30, when everyone, all the kids are getting there too. So I remember this story and it's, it's hard to teach. We could talk about it a lot. But I had a kid, and I don't know if I've shared the story with you or not, but I had a kid who was he was on the edge of having a failing grade, and he came in early to talk to the teacher. And the teacher wasn't there yet. So he was standing at the front door with me, visiting with me. I'm like, what are you doing here? And he goes, well, wait for Miss Teacher to come here so I could talk to her about my grade. I said, well, why don't you go up there and wait in your classroom? And he, he says, well, she's not here yet. I just went up there. I said, so go sit in, grab a chair, sit right in front of her door and wait for her. And when she walks in, just you're the first face she sees and she can see that you're clearly here to make sure this, this problem is rectified. When you sit around at the front thing and you're gabbing with all your buddies and then you come cruising up there after she's been here for 20 minutes, she thinks you really don't care. Mm-hmm. So however you feel about it, you at least have to give the implication and the, 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 you have to display the willingness to go the extra effort. And that maybe that is just sitting in front of her door for 15 minutes. So, yeah, no, I, I I think that when we, when we do that, when we're the first one there physically, mentally and all, it just puts everybody else at ease. Yeah. You know, and it, it, it makes us all more successful. Now, there's something we had um, Scott Taylor on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott's the D2 national coordinator for baseball umpires. I uh, got the opportunity last week at the baseball camp I was teaching at to get to see Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came up, and gave me a big hug, and it was, it was great to get to see him. 
And uh, Scott's made this statement. We've talked about this a little bit, but I was reminded at both of these camps just how important it is. And I was reminded from campers who were talking about other campers. I was reminded by assigners Hmm. who were making decisions about who they wanted to hire. Because on the baseball side, I'm a part of those conversations. I hear the kinds of things that people say. Mm -hmm. And at this particular camp, it wasn't just about like guys in the Midwest that I'm used to, but I had guys from the East Coast saying, Chad, what have you seen out of this guy? Because we had a bunch of East Coast guys there with some East Coast assigners. So here, they're asking me to make uh, an assessment of someone over a five-day period, right, that has something to do with this. And, and Scott makes this statement. He said, I'd rather work with an average umpire who's a good person than a great umpire that nobody wants to be around. Mm, truth. Now, now think about that. We all, we all think, right, that we want to go work games with the best officials we can possibly go work until we actually have to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there are some people who are really great officials, but not really great people. Mm-hmm. And in those moments where we have to decide, we go, you know what? I'll take a B minus official who's an A plus person yeah. over an A plus official who's a C minus person. Uh, wouldn't you even say that most coaches would say the same thing? Give me a B minus umpire as long as they're an A plus person. Yeah. I think most coaches would prefer that because we're not going to get them all right. You know, the the difference between the B minus and the A plus is only 10 pitches. Yeah. You know, so give me the A plus person in the B minus umpire as a coach, as a player, as anyone involved in the game, as a general manager, as a coordinator, that's who you want Mm -hmm. because that's what I want on my team as a, as a baseball coach. I'd give me the A plus person. Matter of fact, that's probably what we coach more than anything. We coach we coach A plus person more than we coached A plus talent. Yeah, I uh, this has been a, a crazy week. So I've been working on a Frontier League series this week, which is independent minor league baseball. And uh, normally those games start in the evening during the week. I've had ten thirty five a.m. starts mm. every day. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, tomorrow will be Thursday. Um, got a 10.35 a.m. start, and then it's a split doubleheader. Then we have a 7.05 start tomorrow night, so it's going to be a long day. Yes, it will be. And uh, my crew chief for this particular series is a guy that has more pro experience than anybody else that works in the league. These games that he works in the summer in this league are probably the lowest paying games he works all year long. He works power five. He does, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? Great umpire. Great umpire. The very first day we walk in, the clubby walks into the room and he makes the clubby feel like a million bucks. Mm. All, all of our other stuff stops and he takes 10 minutes out of our day, not for what the clubby can do for us, but what can we do for the clubby? Mm-hmm. Hey, man, how's your day going? What's going on? You know, they got extra stuff you got to do. How can we make things easier for you? Yada, yada, yada. Mm. Man, I'll, I'll work with that guy anytime, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Not because he's a great umpire, even though he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll work with him because he's a great dude. Yeah. 
You know, we got a split double header tomorrow. We're going to be sitting around probably for five and a half hours. Well, he lives like 30 minutes from the ball field. Hey guys, why don't you come over to my place in between? You know, we'll sit, we'll relax, we'll travel back and forth, we'll do whatever. And again, it's just a reminder that it'd be so easy for him to say, all right, we're out of here game one. I'll see you all at, you know, yeah. we only got to be here 45 minutes early because we've already been here once. Yeah, right. You know? mm-hmm. We're still going to do our normal thing. We're still going to be there early. We're still going to get ready. We're still going to do our stuff. But here's a good person. And I see that over and over and over when I go to camps. When I, I got some new assignments, I got a couple new series added to me today. And you know what? I didn't look to see where I was working first. I looked to see who I was working with. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I think I do that all the time. Yeah. I get an assignment. I just select the assignment and then don't even look to see where it's at. Go straight to partners. Yep. Who is it with? Oh, cool. Chad, you know, or cool. Scott, you know, that's, that's what we want. Mm -hmm. I, I would, I would almost, I'd be willing to say at least 90% of officials, umpires, no matter what sport, are looking at partners first. Yeah. That's what they want to know. Who am I working with? Am I going to enjoy it? Is it going to be a good time? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, for those of you that are, you know, Division One officials, I think almost all of them that I've talked to would say they'd, they'd rather work a mid-major game with a great crew than go work a Power 5 game where they're worried the whole time about what people are going to think and say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the checks are big time different. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's where the rubber meets the road. And it's like, okay, it's not all just about the money. You know, it's it's about who do we get to work with. And, and we want to be those kind of people for other folks when they see our name on their Blue Zebra or Arbiter or right. Quest or whatever you're going to this year. Well, I think also we need to, we need to make sure we say this. I think it's very possible to be an A-plus umpire and an A-plus person. Oh, that should be our goal. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's very possible to do. So don't give up on being an A-plus umpire to try and be an A-plus person. I think there there are two things that are very compatible and very achievable if just a little bit of effort. And I think it's it's easier to become an A-plus umpire if you're an A-plus person because an A-plus person has humility. Mm, Yeah. So mm-hmm. now instead of getting defensive mm-hmm. when, you know, a crew chief comes in and says, you know, hey, we need to go take a look at that play. Well, you know, the C minus person goes, I got that right. Screw mm-hmm. you. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. whereas the A plus person says, oh, absolutely. Let's go. Let's go look at that. I feel better, too. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, those those kinds of things. I think it it helps us. And when, when you're an A plus person, other people want to help you more. Yeah. You know, I, I was watching a guy who works in my league at this baseball camp. I'm so proud of this guy. Like, so, like, he's come so far in the last few years. Um, you and I are going to get the opportunity to work with him later this summer. Um, just as an assigner, I could not be any more proud of the, the work that he's done. And he was working on a, a, a field where the uh, evaluator was a, a super regional alternate. All right. I mean, like this is this is a top dog dude, you mm-hmm. know, Big Ten championship umpire, you know, conference tournament umpire, that kind of stuff, you know. And I said, hey, how's he doing? And his first statement was not about how good an umpire was. He turned to me with this big grin on his face and said, I love that guy. Mm. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'm with you. Yeah. 
Yes, he's a great umpire. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's getting better and better and better. But the first statement was, "I love that guy. He's a great dude." Yeah, and uh, I think we need to we need to be those kind of people for each other. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I've, we've talked about it, talked about it, but I think you're preaching to the choir. Mm-hmm. I'm all about good people being around good people all the time, and you know, the, I I I use the uh, phrase, you know, if you if you walk with the lame, you develop a limp. And that's what happens when you hang around C plus personalities or B minus personalities. If you're not careful, you become one. Yeah. Our, our last quote for today, I think is, uh, is really interesting. And it's the one that, that may be a little bit more challenging for some of us to hear today. Um, and this is one that, um, our friend, uh, Brad Maxey shared with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were hoping to have Brad on earlier this year and schedules just didn't work out. We're going to work really hard as we're moving towards fall to get Brad on the, uh, on the podcast. But um, he said something and, and I want to make sure I get this right. He said, as long as you're willing to accept the worst thing that could happen, go for it. Yep. So mm-hmm. tell me, tell me what that means. Yeah. He, you know, we, I remember talking to him about this and we were, whether we were talking about um, going to another camp or, you know, maybe not going to a camp or rejecting a game or taking whatever the scenario was. And, you know, we talked about it for some time and finally he just boils it down again. Make what things you say. Make, yeah. As long as you're willing to accept the worst thing that could happen, go for it. No, but what does Andrew say? You had to say stupid Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So all I had to do was make it stupid simple. Yeah, and that's what he did. He made it stupid simple. He said, if you're just willing to accept the worst thing that can happen, go for it, you know, because that's that's how we should think about these things. If if the worst thing is going to happen is you're going to lose a game, then and that's what you're willing to accept that penalty, then go for it. Um, And I I, just flashed back to... I don't know the year, but I feel like it was in the 90s when uh, Frank Pulley, Major League Umpire, used instant replay for the first time, and it wasn't in a rule. Okay. It was some sort of home run scenario, whether it hit clear defense or not, and he went over to this TV uh, uh, camera, and he's looking inside the TV camera as they're replaying, and he's watching it, and he overturned the play before replay was even there. And he was willing to accept the worst thing that can happen to him in order to do that. That's that's great. It takes great courage. Sure, it does. Great courage, even though nothing you're doing is is life threatening, mm-hmm. but you just have that. You know, like, boy, I'm really I'm stepping out on the edge here, and I may probably I probably he probably did get in trouble for all I know. Mm-hmm. I'm just assuming he did, but. He was willing to accept that. When he accepted that, it made him be able to go out there and step out there and do it without any really regret. And yeah. we, we need to have that. We need to we need to be able to understand this is the worst thing that can happen, and I'm willing to accept it if it does. You know, and let's let's really put this in some scenarios that people can understand. You know, as a basketball official, you know, there are 11 different camps you could go to. Hmm in the span of about four weeks, you know, and you can't go everywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you've got a a D three assigner that gives you four games every year. And yet they, you know, they anticipate you're going to show up at their camp and you've Mm -hmm. always shown up at their camp. 
And you may say, you know what, I'm, I'm spending this money on these other camps. I just don't feel like I can do that camp this year. Well, the worst thing that could happen is you lose those four games. Mm, right. Right? Mm-hmm. So if you're willing to accept that, mm-hmm. then don't go to that camp. Yep. If you're not willing to accept that, then you got to figure out a way to get to the camp. Or you got to figure out a way to have a conversation with the assigner or whatever that might be. Um, you know, when we, it, it, it's funny, we had these new uniforms come in for basketball over the last couple of years. And I heard somebody say, I'm not buying that new jacket. Mm. I already bought a jacket. This is just a way for them to make money off of us and yada, yada, yada. So I'm not going to buy a jacket. Guess what? You don't have to buy a jacket. Yeah. But when it gets back to the assigner that you don't have a jacket, the assigner may say, well, if they don't want to buy a jacket, then they don't want to work my games. Mm -hmm. Or they may just say, hey, go buy a jacket. I'm telling you. Yep. Go buy a jacket. So if the worst thing that could happen is you lose all your games, then by all means, don't feel like you got to go buy a jacket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I personally am not willing to accept that consequence, so yeah. I'm going to go buy a jacket. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think also I want to go back to what you said about how this assigner is expecting you to be at this camp. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we put that into our own head. We don't, we never actually, you know, unless the assigner is actually saying to you face to face, I expect to see you at my camp then that's just something we put in our own head. Sure. Um, and not, not that they still may be expecting you, but we don't know that to be true. And a lot of times we put this stuff in our head and we just we say it enough times, it becomes very true, even though it has nothing to do with the truth. Mm-hmm. So be careful there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I hope that these have been uh, helpful to you today. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just kind of reminded coming out of camp season, vacation, some of those things that, you know, these are the kinds of things that that we bring up when we're talking in locker rooms, when we're sitting around the table having dinner. Um, and, and a lot of times these kinds of statements are things that we just think maybe everybody else has heard. Yeah. And we know that maybe you're out there and you haven't heard it. Or maybe there's some that we didn't bring up today that you go, you know what? I hadn't heard that one, but I've heard this one and it's made a big impact on me. If that's the case, help us all out. Send us an email right. to uncommondrivepodcast at gmail.com and let us know what it is that has made an impact on you. Uh, a lot of you have been going to camps and clinics and you've heard some really great nuggets of wisdom. Uh, share those with us. Mm-hmm. Send them to us. Uh, because I promise you, as many years as Jeff has been doing this, there's some out there he hasn't heard yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter how many camps I go teach at or or camper at depend, d- between <laughs> the two sports over the course of a summer and fall, there's stuff that I haven't heard this year. And sometimes it's just a great reminder. Sometimes it's one that maybe we talked about 15 or 20 years ago, mm. but we've you know moved on to some other things. And sometimes we need to be reminded of those things that yeah. we were saying 15, 20 years ago because it still rings true. Yeah, this podcast is only as good as the participation of the listeners. So um, I'm going to put a challenge out there. If you're listening to the podcast, oh, it's really great, but it could be a little bit better. You need to let us know. That's the only, you know, as our principal used to say at the school, is I don't know what I don't know. Mm-hmm. And we, we're we willing to talk about anything, but you have to, you got to get on the keyboard and you got to type in a question. You got to type in, hey, this is what I heard. And then it gives us some sort of kicking off point. Um, 
ultimately what happens in our podcast is you and I just brainstorm for half hour, 45 minutes before every podcast, you know, prepping, whatever you want to call that. And then we come up with a podcast. If, you, if there's something you need to hear about, if there's something you've heard, you need to let us know. Take 10 seconds, send the email, and we can go from there. Absolutely. I hope you all have an amazing week. I hope your drive towards success is uncommon. I hope you lead well. I hope you leave an amazing legacy to people around you. And I hope you live the absolute best life that you could possibly live. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.